Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Culture Surfing. Join the wave. I'm glad y'all can uh, make it here with us today, especially everything going on with the pandemic. I hope everyone's wearing their mask. I got a very special guest today. Uh, being that this is the inaugural episode for hip hop, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Just things, you know, real life happens. But we finally got this man in the room <laughs> all the way from West Virginia. I got Kevin Conley. What uh, up? What up? What up? Yes, this man, very important over there. He's got his own podcast network. Uh, you know, we're we doing things. We're doing things. Absolutely. Yes. So the hyphen pod group is what it's called. You can uh, find that on Twitter. I believe that is the literal app. app yeah, on of, Twitter, it's hyphen pod group. You got it. Yes. Um, with that said, uh, I do have some things to say about what's going on in this world. Uh, I am not super political, but you kind of have to be nowadays and you got to be aware of what's going on because if we're not aware, we can't change what's going on. Um. So, of course, rest in peace, George Floyd. A lot of stuff that's been happening is because that unfortunate sacrifice that he, that he, that pretty much was made of him in order for us to wake up as a country and, and you know, me being a white person, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on in the country and, and my black friends being affected, black family members. But even more than now, uh, ever, I mean, just speaking out about it and, and telling people they're wrong with, you know, their uh, prehistoric takes that they have on uh, racial issues and just being able to talk about it. Because some people are just so afraid of just talking about it when really there's nothing wrong about just talking about the differences between white people and black people and what white people can do to uh, make this a, a better world for our black friends and family. Um other than that, rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Remember her name. Say her name. We still need those police officers that killed a public servant while she was doing nothing but being in her house. Asleep. Yes. I, I still don't understand how that hasn't been resolved. That uh, man is out partying and living his best life while her family members are mourning still. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 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 disgusting. And then, of course... Unfortunately, I mean, you would think that would be it, right? Like our country would learn and police officers would learn. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got more out of Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, Mr. Jacob Blake shot seven times. Yep. Going into a car with children in the car and the police officers still found it necessary to shoot a gun in the same vicinity of children. Yeah, man. Of, yeah. And then that also led to... Um, what is what's this other guy's name? I'm not going to call him a gentleman. Is it Kyle Rittenhouse? What's his name? Yeah, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, we're not going to call him a gentleman. We'll call him a, a future police officer. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's, a, that's a literally what he wanted to be. Uh, and he was he looked like a Call of Duty Warzone player with the guns he had, and he didn't even look old enough to carry him. But that is our country in a nutshell. We will be talking music here, but I just wanted to get that out. Uh, I, I honestly haven't mentioned it in any of the podcasts and I felt it fitting to be mentioned here, um, especially in light of all the stuff that happened with the NBA and them shutting down momentarily and then yeah. putting pressure That's on important. the owners. Yes. So I, I think it needed to be said, uh, but I just want to thank you once again, Kenlin, for being here. Thanks I for having me, man. I'm, I'm glad I finally made it, made it on after rescheduling what? four times 10 times it's all right know? it's all right you're a family <laughs> man you are a family man and family comes first 
I appreciate so, yes, that. Yes, this is our top five episode. That, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, I think, yes, I think when you talk hip hop with somebody, I think one of the first questions you should ask is, who's your top five? It's a serious question because, like, um, not to be a gatekeeper about music or anything, you can love any kind of music you want, any kind of rap you want. But if you're serious about the craft of and the art of rap and of hip hop, it's um, it's important that you have a if you have some kind of opinion of who is uh your favorites, you know, and not just oh I dabble here and I dabble there. And if you do, that's fine. But I mean, if you're serious about this and you study it and you like and you if you live and breathe hip hop like I have over the years or you have over the years, Lance, you definitely should have an opinion on this. Yeah. And it kind of gives you a gauge of, of who you're talking to. Cause I mean, you know, well, if someone <laughs> has Lil Wayne in their top five, which is not a diss, it's just kind of lets you know of what kind of music they listen to and what do they consider like elite tier. Yeah. Or how they so, or how young they are too. Right. And then because there's always going to be the people that are always going to have big in their top five. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know people that will never leave big out. Right. Like, never. And I can respect that. And there's people that also hold uh, Pac in a high regard or there's people that have Rakim, which, you know what? I definitely respect that. And I understand that because he's one of the pioneers of, you know, lyricism and hip hop. Yep. Sure so, is. With that said, without further ado, Kellen, who is five your fifth slot mc <sighs> well this guy was higher last time i did this list <laughs> mm. and it's somebody we just talked about a few weeks ago M eminem is my number five lance he's my number five he was my number three but after i'm um, after reevaluating and thinking over since you gave me this uh, talk to me about this idea he's now number five in my list um yeah, like I love Eminem though. Um, I, I do love him. Uh, we can get into some of the things that he's done wrong <laughs> recently, but I, I don't really want to shed that light there. Um, I'm, I'm just going to get into it. Like, M for me, uh, when he first got into the game and stuff, I just thought he was just like, uh, I don't know, I didn't expect me one hit wonder. And then from my name is all the way through listening to the Slim Shady LP, um, which then led into the Marshall Mathers LP. And then what ultimately became my favorite album, uh, the Eminem show. And then they even see, and then he started to kind of fall off with Encore. And then it was kind of like, okay, all right, I can kind of see he's he's done an album like almost every year since 1999. We didn't know how, we didn't know about the drugs yet. But when he, he stopped and then he put out Curtain Call and it's like, and then what was that? When I'm gone, the song, yeah, this the single we put out, When I'm Gone, yeah, which I really love that song. I was like, man, he mm -hmm. might he might be done. He might have just said, you know what, y'all can have this. I've, I'm done. I'm tired. And then we didn't get another Eminem album until 2008 or nine. When was Relapse was 2009, I believe. 2009. Yeah. 2009. And as much as that album gets vilified, I love Relapse. I love the darker tones. I love the accent. I was just happy to have him back. I was just glad to see that he was able to get something out there um recovery was the much better album the the real comeback album of eminem and then from there we got marshall mathers lp2 and then he's put out uh two three albums now uh since then and they're fine but m is a student of the game he's elevated himself from a student up to being one of the biggest artists in the world and ultimately has climbed my list and 
just the thought he puts into his verses and his content and his flow, it's always been amazing. And, and it still can be amazing even today. Uh, so I'm going to go with number M at five. I'm going to go with M at number five. <laughs> and what, uh, so your favorite album from Eminem? It's the Eminem show. Right. Eminem okay. Show. And the favorite track. Cause I know we've, we discussed this, but I don't, I don't remember exactly what your favorite track was from that. Oh, album. it's till, till I collapse. hundred okay. percent. That has to be a feature. Nate right? dog. Okay. okay. All right. Well, uh, you have anything else to say about him? No, I'm going to leave it there because I, I don't okay. want to disparage him for the past. That's three okay. Albums. We might we, we might we might do that when we when, later on in in uh, in the pod. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my number five, and you know this person even posthumous put out classic material. I mean, as wild as that sounds, and that's Tupac. Mm. Um, yeah, Tupac for me. Obviously, we know what he did in terms of influence. Um, for not just music, but just hip hop culture in general. Uh, I mean, this guy, my dad listened to him at one point, and my dad is not big on rap. That my dad would literally listen to Tupac, Eminem, and M. Okay, that's awesome. And then he would listen to Metallica, you know, Def Leppard, and all that other stuff, right? The rock and roll stuff, and then some country. But his two rappers that he reserved his listening to. Eminem and Tupac. So that kind of lets you know how vast the influence of Tupac reached. That's amazing, okay? man. Your dad's a it cool reached, guy. <laughs> yeah, it reached a middle-aged white man. You know, that yeah, it was a little edgy, but nothing as close as that. And just Tupac, the way that he talked to different groups of people, yeah, he got, you know, he got the quote-unquote thugs rowdy, but he was also able to talk to like uh, the mama's boys with the the dear mothers and uh, dear mamas and all that. And just talking to the ladies of keep your head up and things like that. And then telling very disturbing, but very truthful stories. And Brenda had a baby. Oh man. You know, that was, I believe yeah. that was on his first album, right? Yeah. That was on uh, um Tupacalypse now. Yes, it was. So for that to be on your first album that... is impressive. Yeah. Uh, he was never a, a very light dude. And I'm going to go ahead and say Lance that, uh, that uh, Pac is my number four. So I can save you a little okay. bit of trouble. We can just uh, talk right. about well, it a little bit. Yeah, in that case, uh, I'll I'll be honest. And M's fourth for me. Okay. So yeah, it's a inverse. that works both ways. Yeah, yeah. I I'm going to go ahead and jump in and say that I was not the biggest Tupac fan in my youth. Um, mm. Yeah, because um, I mean, I enjoy like I enjoyed the singles and stuff. Like I get around, and uh, as we move into um, the Death Row era, like California Love and stuff, I just right. never realized how um how deep he was without like he, the way Pac spoke anybody could understand Pac you know he was talking about real life subjects and real context but he was saying it plainly and simply and Pac was never is never going to be the guy that's going to rip off a 40 bar verse that you're like yo that was the dopest shit I ever heard not in my opinion but the way Pac delivers, the way that what he say, his overall message of what he's saying, and even if it's just on some chill, on some chill stuff like um, uh, uh thug passion and stuff, you know, it's like right. he can get the party started, he can move you with Brenda's got a baby, he can talk about beefs he ha he's he's having or problems he's mm -hmm. having, uh, so many tears, pain, those are just great 
songs, you know. Right. He he could touch your father. He could touch the thugs in the street. He could touch the drug dealers on the corner. He could touch the um middle aged high school girls in okay. <laughs> that didn't sound right. Okay. That didn't sound right. We we get where you're going though. He can reach the uh the, there we go. the younger demographic of my high school era and my middle school and people be moved by him then. And he can be in classrooms where people can literally study the words or the poems that he wrote and just find all these meanings in it. And he can even surprise us by popping up on Kendrick Lamar's second album at the end. And it sounded like him and Kendrick were having this conversation. I just listened to mortal man today. Cause I was like, I haven't, I'm about to do this podcast with Lance and I've always been wowed by the song. And how Kendrick, Kendrick album, by the way. Yes. That's Kendrick album. Yes. Hey, thank you, Lance. I know people don't like to hear that, but it is a very great theme. And the production is great. Yes. Every track is this. I mean, every Kendrick album is kind of cohesive and tells a story, but that story is great. Uh it's a you know, is a wonderful even, album. Even like as a white person, for me, obviously that album is very pro-black. And it and to me, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm I feel left out. I just feel like it's a very empowering album. Yeah. Yeah. He he's Kendrick's very inclusive um, in the way he made that album, the way he makes music too, uh, despite talking about his situation, his reality. Again, that's something that he has taken the torch from Pac on. Um, yes. But as I got, I've gotten older and I got more exposed to his, to Pac's uh, album cuts, and not so much the singles, and not so much uh, his life and death and and the beefs that uh, kind of surrounded him, and just got to know more about him as an artist. He's he is just was an incredible person who was here for a short time. He burned brightly and then he was gone. And it sucks, but to go back and listen to his music again, it's 24, no, 24 years later uh, since he's yeah. passed now. And his music is still relevant today. And in terms of relevance, as you said, he wasn't here long. I will say my favorite album is probably his most destructive. And that's the all eyes on me. All eyes on me. Okay, I'm a Machiavelli. Say, I'm a Machiavelli yeah, guy personally. You could say probably that is, but but I think this is what the catalyst of all this. Him getting with death row was kind of a sign, right? Yeah, I mean, they really fresh was. out of fresh out of a uh, jail or prison. I, I don't remember if he went to prison exactly. I know he did. Yeah, time, he did. But... He did some. Uh, he he did. King, was he, it a penitentiary? Or was it a jail? Oh, it was like penitentiary. Or... He was okay. He was so in it was Rikers, I believe. So, oh wow! So yeah. hardcore New York prison, fresh out. With death row, and obviously Suge Knight is—he's uh, no P Diddy. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, and yeah, but but the thing is, it brought out what I loved the most in Pac, and that was his relentless energy. Yeah, that incredible I mean, studio so, worth that. Uh, yeah, man. And also, it's a double disc that was actually a classic. Most of the times, double discs are either not great or they're not memorable. There's very few artists that can pull off a double disc and it'd be a classic. Yeah, and he pulled it off. And you know he gave his homies the the what are they the outlaws or whatever he gave them some burn yeah and that's outlaws cool. yep you, you know hey Eminem's got D twelve I mean every every great <laughs> rapper has got to feed their people so yeah and uh, in terms of my favorite song on there it's no more pain you know I could have oh, went man. I could have went so many areas but this just to me encapsulates what makes pop great. In my eyes, yes, he has a lot of conscious records, but as MC version, no more pain to me. Kind of, you get it all from Pac. He's telling you what's going on. He's pretty. He's talking pretty reckless to you, yeah. but he also said some very thought provoking things. 
quote, when I die, I want to be a living legend, unquote. Hmm. He did that. Mission accomplished. The man did it. Another one. Baptize the public. Now y'all all thugs. Don't you love it? And it's true. I mean, thug life. That was like a movement. It's literally it's had still it like on a his saying. Yes, man. On his yeah, he lived it, and now other people wanted to live it. Mm-hmm. People that didn't even know what a thug was was embraced that term. Yeah, you know. I mean, there 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 came a time when people didn't necessarily, and people still honestly don't know the meaning of it now, but. It was like a positive thing. It you know now it's kind of looked at like a negative thing, but Pac made it somewhat positive in a in a weird way. He did, but yeah, that he that album to me. I mean, I was thinking about uh, me against the world or whatever, but I was like, ah, I don't know. I like the tone of this one. It's just it's more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like a fuck you, <laughs> and also it's like oh, we can like, cuss. This Good. Is, we can curse. Yeah, yeah. We can cuss. <laughs> I let I let Apple know that there's cursing. And it's a hip hop podcast. I can't have no cursing on a hip hop podcast. Awesome. But yeah. Uh it had shots at Biggie on that album. Mm-hmm. And oh I yes, mean, it, it did. Yes, it did. it did. I mean, it was literally his most destructive album, but it it was such a beautiful album in a weird way. It was just his anger bottled up and then exploded on that album. And he was telling the world what he thought after he was in prison. And I mean, it's kind of easy to do that when you got Suge Knight having your back and everyone else and the great production of Dre and mm-hmm. all those West Coast legends. Yes, that helped that yeah. Album. yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's my album. And, and and Tupac, yes, he was very socially conscious and he made a lot of nice tracks for the family and all that. But this is the Pac I love the most. Okay. It's self-destructive Pac, the double-edged sword, if you will, of, of, of just Tupac himself. Yeah. And to feed off of that, the reason that I love the Don uh, Kilimati, uh, seven uh, Machiavelli, the seven day theory. Um, the reason, wait, the f- funny thing is the album says the cover says Machiavelli. It, the album's not literally called Machiavelli, it's called the Don Kilimati, the seven days. Mm. I never, Kiluminati, Kiluminati, sorry. Yeah, but didn't he go by Machiavelli? That's why it yeah, says it on there. Yeah, yeah. He's, that, that's why it says it, but that's why I call it Machiavelli. Um, but mm. but yeah, man, like to he took all the ener- like all the energy of getting out of prison and being bailed out and being back out in the streets and then having beef with Biggie and being on death row that he put on um all eyes on me. Machiavelli to me, um Don Don Kilimati. <laughs> Kluminati, why can't I say it? I, it's it's a really Kluminati. I, I honestly don't under I have to look exactly what it means. I still don't know the meaning of that title yeah i mean wikipedia might have something for me let me see if i can i can read it real quick let's see tupac wanted that album to be kaluminati seven day theory with machiavelli don references artist name and kaluminati seven day theory's main title um is based off of a the uh no it really doesn't say an intended plot artistic resurrection was created in mid-august 1996 is uh what the cover it just sounds like some shakespearean shit turned into a hip-hop album yeah like the name of the, that literal name of the album oh That's wait what it reminds me it's of. right here the album's completed completely finished in seven days during the first week of august 1996 that's nuts how did i never know that he recorded this in seven days that's a man on a mission yeah so back to what i was saying um all the energy from Machiavelli and all the up, you know, and all the anger on a, all eyes on me. I mean, he takes that and brings it to, um, to uh, this album, to my, to the Machiavelli album. And 
it's like almost like you saw the up and now he's been on death row for almost a year and he's seen and he's seen everything that his his uh that's come into his wake you know of being the of being tupac and and living the life he's lived in the last uh year since he got out of prison and now when he records this album, he still has that same energy because Pac was a studio rat by this time. He's and he always was. That's why there's so much material out there. But I really feel like it's like, all right, now let me show you the downside of the same energy while still giving you that aggressive content to go at uh, Nas, uh, Mob Jay-Z. Deep, Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah all of them. the Holy's Coast. More, and that's why I love Pac. More, more for Biggie. Yeah, more <laughs> for Biggie on this one. Let me show you I can still do toss or live and die in LA and toss it up and give you this hard ass record. Hail Mary, which is crazy enough. Um, one of his most popular songs now, um, what most well known song. And it's like, he's only on it. Like he's barely on the song. Like it's an outlaw song with him, you know? So, um, like just what he was able to do with that hook on my, on, on, uh, on that song. And then, uh, on Hail Mary and make that a classic song of his. Uh, of course, he, he always said he was going to die. We know that, but he didn't expect to die when he did. No one expects to die. Um, so for that to be what it was, it, it was just like, it was almost like the, it was almost like you're going up on the drug on all eyes on me and you're coming down off the drug on Machiavelli. And that's why it's the same stuff from um, all eyes on me. It's not as big which is always my problem as much as I love the music and all eyes on me. It was, I always felt it was a lot of music to digest and even yeah. like in one setting, you know, I felt like it was a more condensed version, a more, a more powerful message of what all eyes on me could be and what Pac was saying. And then uh, my favorite song is on this album, which Jay-Z had to go and mess up in 2002. Uh, me and my girlfriend, man. That that song. Okay. Hey, I'm playing that at my wedding. All right, relax. Yo. I'm playing the Jay Z version at my wedding. Relax. Well, that, that's cool. That's you should actually play okay. the play the part two from a uh, from a uh, uh, Holy uh, Magna Carta Holy Grail. That's oh a, no, I like I see. I did a Twitter <laughs> poll, and that's what I said. I think it's a more beautiful version, honestly. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but that I I really like that song. But but wasn't it a? Didn't he say me and my bitch, or am I thinking of another track? No, it was me. Uh, he has another song uh, called "Me and My Bitch." I'm sure, but no, the, m- me and my girlfriend. <laughs> he has so much music out there, Lance. Was it about his gun? Yeah, it, it was about okay, his yeah. gun. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember that. It was and, about his gun. And right. just those Spanish guitars, and then Pac with the singing. All I need in his life is it. Me and my girlfriend. Me and when Pac does it, that shit sounds dope, though. His cadence is the best, and yeah. that's why. And he, t- he may not be the most lyrical, but his he's cadence in the is pocket. The whole yes. song, man. And yes. that, that's my favorite record from Machiavelli. So that's that's my favorite Pac okay. album. And he's right, my number so, four. So as I mentioned earlier, I got Eminem at four. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did a whole podcast about this. The Eminem show, of course, being the best album to me. Yes. If you uh, said Encore album, after that, no. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we're stopping this podcast now. <laughs> and for me, this is a personal choice because, you know, uh sing for the moment is gonna be my favorite song off that album you know i don't want to say too much because we did go over it on on your podcast but um just his his verse about you know white parents 
you know, being weirded out and not knowing what to do with their kids swearing and yeah. putting their hat backwards and listening to rap music and then him. <laughs> yeah. And just his, his whole, not just him, but just rappers influence on kids lives that people don't realize that they hold, you know? Yeah. And it's like, people are literally ready to kill themselves until they hear a rap record, which is, is so true, you know? And that, and that just always, that always held in me. Like I always held that verse in high regard because the first time I heard it, I was like, I've never had my feelings put into words like that. Yeah. Like what hip hop means to me. Because when things are low and, and down and I'm feeling like no one cares about me. Yeah, this rapper does not know me, but he some of the stuff that he expresses touches on some of my personal issues. And even if it's not exactly the same, obviously I can kind of put two and two together and be like, oh, well, that is kind of like me, even though this and that is not. And yeah, emotionally, the great record, but also lyrically, it's a, it's an awesome record. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely yeah. is. Eminem would be higher, <laughs> but man, it's just, he's put out a lot of shit. Yes. Albums, and even the ones that aren't bad, it's just like, they are, at this point, he doesn't have stuff to prove. And I always say this, that he just raps like he's out there trying to prove something. Like he's how to rob 50 Cent. Like, no, you don't got to mm. do that anymore. It's a great point. Yeah, you don't got to do that no more, man. Just just make great music. Talk about what you want to talk about. Don't worry about people like me that say they don't like your music no more. Because guess what? We still have you in our top five off three albums alone. Right. So you don't got to worry about shit. You got your legacy in hip hop and nothing's gonna change it man he solidified like nothing but yeah that's that's my number four okay uh eminem kind of speaks for himself you got anything else to say about eminem because I, I, I do i do i want to trash eminem if you need to trash him <laughs> no I mean, no your, man he's in your top five so you're not really trashing him all right absolutely not i do want to go off of something you said off of sing for the moment about uh not this rapper not knowing you but the music speaking to you and you being able to go off that i have several albums like that where i've been going through tough times and then uh, certain records come out and i've listened to it and it's changed my whole perspective um a couple to come to mind are like 50s get rich or die trying uh freeways first album philadelphia freeway underrated classic in my opinion and then another one that i'm thinking of is the game's first album the documentary but um i'm not trying to talk about those albums because what happened was i was at college i was going through a rough time it was like the winter and I was like, man, this this sucks. Life sucks. Blah, blah, blah. I was depressed. Um, this is before I had Joe Budden to lean on. <laughs> and uh what happened is I went in the student union and they're like, they had gotten uh an advanced copy of Eight Mile, like it was a couple months before the DVD came out or something. They were doing like these movie day and movie weekends where they played a the movie a couple times over the weekend. And I went there, went in there and I sat down and watched this movie. I was like, let me go see him and M act. This is gonna be real good. You know, and, and I sat there <laughs> and really ironically, right, right. Like you I, ain't seen the wash, man. You ain't never seen the wash. He was in the wash. Uh, another thing we don't need to mention about him. Uh, but I sat down and watched eight mile man. And I was immediately sucked in the world of B rabbit and Jimmy man and, and all his friends and his struggles of uh, tr trying to get recognized and trying to get a deal and then meeting Brittany Murphy, then losing Brittany Murphy and then the whole ride. And then up to that final battle, man, eight mile is, it, it did the same thing to me. It just, it took, it made me stop thinking about my problems. It was escapism for me. It still is. I think 
despite its flaws, the movie is still great to this day. And Eight Mile did that same thing for me that Sing for the Moment does for you, or did for you. So I just wanted that's the last thing I gotta say about Eminem. So even though I did not think he would be good in Eight Mile, Eight Mile's a pretty solid ass movie, man. Yeah. Uh I mean he's playing himself. The, but you yeah, know <laughs> it's just true. But I mean, there's a lot of actors that play themselves every movie and we we find it great. So I don't yeah. wanna like shit on anybody right now, but Will Smith. I mean, no doubt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes Adam Sandler. But uh Anyways, <laughs> yeah, Eminem that in Eight Mile was awesome, and obviously that the 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 freestyle moments were legendary. I mean, your boots are starting to grow roots. I mean, I'll <laughs> never forget that. You've been in this plant so long, you're a plant. <laughs> yeah. And I know I got some buddies that that work at warehouses. I'm I'm sure they they have their own jokes with with those bars. Oh but, yeah, uh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a shame because I think Eminem maybe could have done more acting yeah i, I, I think i think he was planning to until the drugs just took over everything yeah. man. there there was i'm i'll have this conversation with me later but i remember hearing that he was up for a role and either he turned it down or last minute they chose someone else that had a little bit more experience but it wasn't like he had eight mile and it went straight to dvd no he had eight mile and it was successful it was mega and successful I mean, yeah and it also was with a legendary soundtrack one of the best soundtracks i've ever heard and okay. probably has what some people will say is his one of his best records lose yourselves on that on that yeah. soundtrack so well, his, people make fun of nothing. that record all they want because it's kind of like a parody at this point but it's a very inspirational record and you will be lying to your fucking self if you've never listened to that record before say going on stage or just doing something important that's very pressure filled yeah. and it motivates yep. the shit out of you yeah man top five yeah. m record for sure yes for sure and also one of the best uh beats he's ever rapped on yeah oh uh, all right so so you're number three who you got number three for me is now um oh no number three for me is biggie okay yeah it's Biggie because M fell down, so and everybody moved up. So it's it's Biggie. Uh, Biggie. Wow. So Biggie Biggie moved up even though he's been deceased for quite some time. Huh? <laughs> it's M's fault. Man, everything that is goes bad. back Eminem, man. <laughs> <laughs> M was three. M was three for me, and now I had to put him down to five. He's he's on punishment for now. He might he might get it. He has a couple. He might do. Uh, he's going to probably stay at five. <laughs> I'm not going to get my hopes up for another classic Emmett record, but let's talk about Biggie. So another MC that was going way too soon. He died in 1997. He was murdered in LA and Biggie for me, the first time I saw him on TV and Lance, I'm older than you though, of course, but I saw the video for, um, it was, um, Oh my God, big Papa. And I was like, yo, who's this dude in the club, in his dark-ass club? Like, he, you can barely see him. He's so dark. And it's like, this this song's dope, though. Like, like that Osley, I know that's an Osley Brothers song. Even as a kid, I knew. And I was like, yo, this is dope. And and then I saw the Juicy video. And then, because I didn't have access to uh, t a lot of TV when Biggie was, like, really coming out. Because uh, I lived in the country, so I had like four, five, seven, and nine. And then when I went to the city to see my mom, that's when I got to watch music channels and stuff. And that's when I, I saw him and stuff, and I got exposed to him on like DC radio. And Biggie for me was just always so larger than life, no pun intended. And 
what the way I debated really hard on whether he was my favorite of all time, honestly, but I had to dock him points and it's not his fault. He got murdered, but he has such a small sample size is a thing. And that's the same thing. And kind of hinders Pac too. I mean, Pac obviously recorded way more than Biggie, but because we only got two real albums from him, that's the only reason why he is where he is. But Biggie could do anything on the track, man. And like his voice is just so, it doesn't match his body. You know, he's he's this big dude and he's like, oh, no, he gets on it be so smooth. Like his younger voice, when he's like, I love it when you call me Big Papa. That makes a little bit more sense. But once yeah. Biggie got a hold of him, like, no, you got to do it. You got to hit it like this. And he's like, oh, he's like, let me lace, lay the dishes in your bushes. Who brought? And it's just like, it's just so, so smooth. And the more he got used to rapping like that, and then still incorporating his his the street style in it and the slang and drug and the drug thing and the drug thing the drug dealing and all his stories and weaving it all together, like Ready to Die is great. It's a great album, and the stuff he does with Junior Mafia is super cool too. And all the features he did, but his best album for me is Life After Death, and that's my favorite two disc album you liked all eyes on me i love life after death i could run that album top to bottom any day of the week man like from light from somebody's gotta die all the way through your yeah. nobody to somebody kills you and that might be better to me than the the tupac double disc yeah i might say i might be able to say that because just from a listening standpoint i don't necessarily need to skip any tracks no no i'm i'm looking at track yeah. listing now and it's real hard to skip anything other yeah. than like skits maybe and it's just such a tough album uh, from front to back, man. And to think that he had created this wonderful masterpiece and what is, in my opinion, and as many opinions, the greatest double disc hip hop album of all time um, to have created this and then shoot that video for hypnotize. And you just see how happy he was like, not to say he wasn't happy when he was younger, but they're just, they're just him and Puffy are having fun filming this crazy as hypnotize video, you know? And then less than two months later, he's, he's gone. And then to hear the actual album and to have a record, like play a hater where him and Puffy are literally singing on it. And it's really bad, but it's still, infectious enough where you're going to sit there and listen to the entire three minutes, 57 seconds. It's, and it's just incredible what he was able to do. Um, when he had bone thugs come on when bone thugs is the biggest thing in the world with that whole fast flow, the story goes in the studio that bone thugs and him partied like all hours of the night and they were up and people started passing out. And one of the, one of them woke up in the middle of the night, one of the bone thugs and Biggie hadn't recorded shit. And obviously Biggie didn't write anything. He he's off the top. And Biggie had recorded stuff. He's just smoking blunts and drinking all night. And then he woke up at like four in the morning and he just saw Biggie go in the booth and just spit that verse one take that starts out that whole record. And he just had been partying the whole time with them, like just chilling, man. And then you hear about and then you think about the crazy stories and what a jokester he was and and how many, how loved he was like. Yeah, he had plenty of women. He had Faith. He had Kim. He had Charlie Baltimore. <laughs> but um, we don't. I mean, we don't disparage Big for having a good time, man. But to think about the two young kids he left behind when he he went, and just the the legacy he left behind, and just the he was really in the game from ninety three to ninety seven, man, in four years. It's just too incredible, and all the influences he's left behind. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Big here at number three, and then I'm going to say my favorite record on this album. Fuck you, R. Kelly, for being on this album and singing that oh, catchy man. ass hook. I can't even listen to that song anymore. I I had a whole rant, like an episode, the episode before you came on, I had a whole rant about R. Kelly taking away songs from me because they're so damn good. And then, you can't even watch Space Jam anymore. Okay, I can watch Space Jam. <laughs> but again, that's a great song that got ruined. I believe I can fly. You can't enjoy that song, you know? Damn you, R. Kelly. But my favorite track on the album, man, it's it's got to be... Uh, it's it's between Ten Crack Commandments, Sky's the Limit, uh, Story to Tell, uh, and then um, I'm kicking the door. I'm gonna go with. Why don't you do one for each uh, each uh, CD? If you okay, want. cool. Then I'm, I'm gonna yeah, go ahead and take. God, Sky's the Limit and Ten Crack Commandments is so hard, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Ten Crack Commandments because because it's just a it's primo it's biggie it's perfect and then i'm going to go with the, the other premiere record on the first disc man kicking the door now, those are my two favorite songs from the album but i love biggie man it's going too soon uh one of the greatest of all time and yeah i could go yeah. on for another hour <laughs> so to piggy to piggyback on the bone thugs record uh, notorious thugs mm-hmm. that is one of the most in Influential um, no, verse. Uh. Yes. So Lil Wayne, I mean, he didn't, you know, because rappers do this all the time, right? They take, they pay homage to other rappers by kind of like mimicking the flow, and the, you know, he did that on D two, which is one of the greatest mixtapes of all time. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the song was called Spitter. I don't necessarily remember what the song was called, but yeah, he kind of, he kind of took that flow and ran with it. And yeah, it was just one. Of, it's one of the best. And to me, you know, Tupac had. I think it was Thug Love with uh, Bone Thugs. Yeah, I think, that's a heart. That's a great record too. That was one. one but I think, Biggie edged, I think Biggie edged him out on uh, on this one. Yeah, the part. I think everybody shined. And I mean, not too many can hang with us, bang with us, don't worry us. Yeah, mm, all that. Yeah, I mean, everyone has tried to at least like take a couple of bars and flip it and make it their own. I mean, that's a sign of a great MC that, that you can do that. I mean, Jay-Z kind of has done that to Big's whole catalog, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Right. I will say there will be a multitude of rappers that you wouldn't hear nowadays without Biggie. Or yeah. you can also say if it wasn't, and maybe you could tell me if I'm off here, but if Biggie didn't pass away, maybe some New York rappers wouldn't be as big as they are today. Yeah, I, I don't feel like... I don't feel like Jay has the career he would um, if Biggie's alive. I don't feel like Nas has the impact or the career that he's had without Big being alive. I mean, if Big lives. So, 100%, man. Like, his, his, his untimely passing left this huge void in New York that they never truly recovered from. Like, there was moments where Nas and Jay kind of went back and forth, not literally in during the beef, but where it's like, okay, who's the best in New York? But then when the South showed up in 2004 and stuff, then it just kind of fell off. Not to say New York fell off, but then it went underground. Versus commercially. Being, yeah, commercially. commercially they were off. After 50s, uh, 11 mil, uh, I don't remember New York just being on top. I mean, they still came out with great music. Don't get us wrong. Yeah. Like Dipset was still a thing and all that, but they yeah. were commercially not on top. Yeah. As it was in the nineties, and Fifty never felt like early two thousands. I know he's from Queens, but he never felt like he was. 
he never New felt York like hates he was, him. Like, <laughs> the yeah, he was he was him. never going to be on the, in that conversation. It, despite his sales, which he always pointed out to us for years. Yeah. He was never going to be in that conversation. Because he be, wasn't a New York rapper. He was just a rap and he he let people he just not trying to hold himself to just one uh area right. of, of the globe, of the world, you know, which I get. I can respect that. But mm-hmm. yeah, um also maybe the locks wouldn't have left bad boy if Biggie was alive. Yeah, I mean that that's big too cuz um <laughs> literally it's big because obviously we saw what happened to Bad Boy after Biggie passed cuz uh Puffy dropped, Mace dropped. But these are all records that were being done while Biggie was alive basically and then they finished them. And then like the next they toured off that for like a year and then 99 rolled around and then Puffy does his second album and it's trash forever. And then Mace does his second album. It's so bad that he uh, quits music and goes become a pastor. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, and then the locks are like, "Yo, we want to go to, we want to uh, go be with the Rough Riders. Let us go." Uh, so, you know, Big Biggie was the heart and soul of Bad Boy Man, and it it was never the same over there. Puffy did manage to kind of get the energy up at certain points over the next few years with things. He got some doing. black Rob records and Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you can't, you can't forget. We ain't go when no way. Yeah. I mean, Puffy, yeah. Puffy had a moment like for like two or three years, like in the early two thousands where he would jump on a record and people would be excited about hearing just Puffy rapping. It was crazy. Hey, I need a girl. Part one and two are still legendary. Oh records, my God. Okay. Oh, and you can't you can't leave out the Neptune's record that was on the third album. The it's the D, the I, the D, the D, the Y, the I, the D. It's Diddy. I mean that that was just that was Puff, man. He's gonna make you dance to this, and that's what and he did. Mentioning, I, I just call him Diddy at this point. Mentioning Diddy, I think Diddy was the best thing to happen to Big, and vice versa, right? Because without yeah. Big, there's no there's no Puff. But at the same time, without Puff, there's no Big. Because Puff kind of got Biggie out of his comfort zone in terms of production yeah yeah like the story goes when biggie heard the juicy record the sample he's like what the fuck is that type shit you know yeah. he's like what is this like and then why well, am i rapping like, over juicy fruit <laughs> yeah and then he fucking flipped it and he showed him and biggie's like ah because you know yeah it's that's the commercial success of 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 uh a lot of big records they're not necessarily super hardcore like yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean hypnotize is in the beginning of Spider of Into the Spider Verse, man, and it's like one of the best. Crazy. It's like when I was in a the theater and it was like you heard that, oh, oh, and it's like yo, they're playing Biggie in the middle of Spider Verse. Spider Verse, awesome, man. Yeah, it's and it's just sad because you know we talk about Tupac and Biggie and you know what could we have still been. Don't know exactly. We'll never know what happened. Yeah, and we we probably never know because we should have found out already, right? Yeah, um, you would think. I right? mean, like I forgot what what stand up special. Oh, I was watching the Chris Rock. I forgot. I forgot. I think it was uh, from two thousand and four, and he was like, mm. "Pac was killed on the Vegas Strip." I mean, how many witnesses can you get from that? And we still don't know anything what happened to him. You yeah. know, like shit happened on a Vegas Strip, which is the most popping place in America at any hour of the day. You know, and they got nothing. But yeah, but yeah, legend, uh, big gone too soon, and you know he only had a few albums, and he still is. I mean, I'm telling you, I have friends that will look like will be like, yeah, Biggie is the best of all time, and I'm like, better than Jay, and they're like, yeah, better than Jay, and I'm like, I guess I get it because he was the first. You know, it's kind of hard to 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 have Jay without Big. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, 
We're going to go a little bit different. You know, this is where my top five kind of takes a, I don't want to say a dip, but it's kind of different than a lot of other people's. And that's what um, we're here for. I'm more traditional over here. So I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing what, so, this is why we have these conversations. Uh, Joe Budden. That's who I got. Wow. Number three slot. Number Top three slot. Three. Yes. Lance. That's what I'm saying here. Lance. All right. And oh, we're going. I to have no affiliation with Joe Budden. I've seen him in concerts many times. He's never replied to any of my tweets to him. So we have <laughs> no affiliation. Okay. <laughs> I mean, none. Lance. <laughs> so here we go. Hear me out. I'm listening because you know I love out. Joey. So. There would be no Drake without Joe Budden. That sounds crazy. That's true. But there would be no Drake without Joe Budden. Along with little brother, little brother and Fonte. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yes, you can't, you can't go. But I'm, uh, I guess, yeah, with the self-introspective records. Mm-hmm. And but Budden is that, like, you know, when and I love Drake when he does it. But let's let's not front. He is like the PG thirteen of that shit. <laughs> Joe Budden is. The NC-17 rating that will not let you in the movie theaters type shit. Yeah, man. That man openly talks about his drug addiction. And most rappers, they don't do that. They talk about making other people addicted to drugs by selling it. And usually people that are addicted to drugs or whatever, they're looked at as a lesser human being or a loser. But Joe Budden, he turned that story and made it beautiful because he's like, I used to be this. I used to be that. And then he also talks about his relationships. And this is not like simple shit relationship no, stuff. This no, is like no. very dark stuff that I would never talk about, about my relationships. You know, stuff that people say behind closed doors, but would never utter out loud, you know? And then also his outright lyrical ability to spar with almost anybody and not giving a fuck about status, okay? Mm-hmm. This man went at fucking Method Man. All right. It didn't end well for him, but it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> he still went at him. And I'm, I was always waiting for a method because I'm like, Hey, method man, he's a great MC, blah, blah, blah. But people get so caught up in class. Like, oh, he shouldn't respond. No, fuck that. If someone comes out of your crown, I think you should respond. But, uh, in terms of my favorite album and yes, Joe Bun hasn't had necessarily a lot of albums, but technically he did come out with an album version of this and that's move music, uh, move music three. All right, you're three over two. I'm I'm two. I'm two over here, but three is a great one too. Yeah, so three is my introduction to him. That's okay. why this has I hold in ah, high regard. Okay. Yeah. Now I heard. I think I heard uh, one of his uh, freestyles that he did off a, a Rich Boy track. Yo. He, yes. Yeah. That that, was that song is nuts. Inter- what the official introduction to yeah, him? Yeah, that's a great I'm, record that he did. I'm forgetting what it's called, but he's just like. Oh, I can't even I can't even really go into what he's saying because it's 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 a lot. But that was he's, my first introduction to him into him. Yeah, he he killed that joint. Um, I I have bum, boy, bum, boy, bum, it was bum, uh bum. it was over to boy look a here beat. Um, yeah, yeah, and Green Lantern freestyle, which he always killed. Yeah, yeah, I I heard that, and that's what made yeah. me like that song because I didn't like the Rich Boy version because I wouldn't have. I've never even boy. heard the real song. Don't listen to it because yeah. because the real official version is is the Joe Budden version for me because he got on that yeah. beat and I was like, yo, he just killed that whole joint, man, and it was it was crazy. And then I got to find yeah. what he called. It's not wait, what's it called? It says boy look at. I guess it's just a boy look at here. Yeah, freestyle. it just says boy look at here freestyle. Okay, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah it's on genius. But he he yeah. killed that man. 
Yeah. I'm glad you brought that, that record up. I love that. That was song. my introduction to him as far as like a freestyle. And then I heard this, this, and it's just, to me, the picture is legendary. It's like purple. He has a cell phone in his hand. You know, he's got the, the, the vintage Joe Budden beard mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, man. It could be anyone from, uh, Kenyon Martin to ghost. <laughs> I mean, this, this guy is a man of many faces. All right. Yeah. But yeah, my favorite track, and there's a lot of them. I mean, this is we talk about on your pod. This this uh mixtape and now this album uh had one of the records that somehow sparked a, a near beef with Royce, you know, things like that. Uh, he talked about Jay-Z on Talk to Him. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a I can't great. listen Jay Z the same no more. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he did. was going at him because you know he had when Jay Z became a president over at Def Jam, he, he kind of just pushed uh, Joe out to the side. You know, yeah, at he, did, he Joe did that with died. a lot of rappers of a lot right. of. Well, that's why Dmx there. was mad at him too. That's why Redman was mad at him. That's why Method yeah. Man was mad at him. Yeah. Anybody every, who was on the label when yeah. he was when except Jay was for Rick Ross and Rihanna, those two were taken care of and you know what i don't blame jay for that because those are stars yeah. But yeah there's a lot of legendary rappers that were upset at jay-z doing that yep uh ghost is mad at him everybody's yeah. mad at jay at one point if they were on def jam when he's president yeah but hey that's that's from their eyes i mean he still broke some great talent on there but yeah um so what's my your favorite, favorite- track- Oh, go go ahead. My bad. I stepped on you. My, no, it's okay. My favorite track is All of Me. I think this uh, Ooh, perfectly one. describes Joe Budden because it's not really like a theme to it. It's just a bunch of emotions on one seven or eight minute song, which he is known for. Not many rappers can hold anyone's attention for five minutes, let alone eight, ten. Um, but there's one, there's one sequence in the song where I guess he's talking about a lady he used to talk to I don't know if they were just friends or if they had a close relationship, but he was pretty much saying that they were, they were close. And he goes, I was damn near in tears checking my messages. I got goosebumps all over my skin. She said, mouse, which what his nickname is. Yeah. I highly doubt that I'll ever see you again. I hope everything is well, kid. You see, I'm just finding out I have a brain tumor, but I never felt it. The doctor's giving me three weeks to live, not three weeks till I die. That's three weeks to give. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I just want to tell you that I love you when I care. I wish you all the best throughout the rest of your career. And then she broke into tears. I pressed seven, took the phone from my ears. Sometimes the simplest things people needed, but I ain't called back in fear of being speechless. What was I to put her at ease with? I picked a real bad time to be strategic. I think my life is bad picking up the pieces. Some folks already got the appointment to see Jesus. In this world full of diseases, I've learned not to bite my tongue or have seizures. Depression tells me I suck, so I pro- reply, I ain't here because I fell down. I'm here because I got up. Like that, to me, yeah, yeah. that touched me, man. That, that shit makes oh, me want to fucking cry right now. You was talking about a lady. That was so fucking great. He was talking about a young lady realizing she's going to die. But even then, she was like, it's not about me dying. It's about what can I do before I leave this earth? Yeah. Three weeks to give, not three weeks to live, three weeks to give. What can I do before I die to give back? And he's saying like, and we've all been in this situation, like you're so emotional and you want to say something comforting, but like someone just told you some really fucked up news and there's literally nothing you could do to make it better. I know. And he put that into words and him saying, you know, you think your life is bad. Someone else is literally 
find out they're about to die. So like, think about what you're saying, you yeah, know, man. before you bitch about your life. But yeah, that that to me, listen to that song. Yeah, that oh, that was that will. I will forever hold that song in high regard, man. And and it was, and it had like punchlines and stuff. But that's not necessarily what I listen to Joe Budden for, because he gives you that. Mm-hmm. He has plenty beefs. I mean, he's beef with mm-hmm. Drake, Prodigy, Ransom, all types of people. You know? but, yeah, the game, the whole G unit. I mean, but the thing that you think about when you think about Joe Budden is introspective stuff. Like, what did he say that inspires you and also makes you look at your life and be like, man, it's okay to, to have these feelings and, and be depressed. And you know, you're, you're not alone. There's people that are here fighting that fight with you, man. Yeah. Um, there's just so much stuff. We talked about the 10 minutes record from his uh, first album on my, my pod, but since we're on move music three, just a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, Lance, I got stuck on dear diary. And I was just looping this damn thing. Oh, it's been years since I've been on this song. And just that that opening up until like the sound of my life is like CNN first shit. Images like CNN, but worse shit. I would down the whole Pinot Grease, but I'd see the group home without Primo. About the Primo beats and, and it hurts, hurts my, my soul. soul. I'm a warrior. So though the odds is against and dirt going, dirt going choke. Some yes. people provide in the person they sleep with. And this is the bar that the only reason I listen to this whole song is just to get to this bar. I've learned there's no such thing as a secret. Oh, <laughs> every time he drops that. And I literally looped that song every single day for like a week. And it was just, it was mood music, literally. So I, I'm there with you, man. Um, on, on, on mood music three, I don't know about top five. <laughs> Hey, say like I said, I'm different, man. And, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's sad because you know people like to say the term you, that person never got their flowers, you know. Yeah. And I think in a sense that Joe Budden, for all that he's done, influential wise, he's the to me one of the first rappers to really talk to his fans via internet, have a message board where yeah. most rappers probably wouldn't even understand that. Or look down upon it and say that shit's nerdy, not knowing that's the future. Right. Him going blogging online live, dropping music on his blog, interviewing basketball players and shit on his blog. And now he used that and finessed it into podcasting, man. I mean, this dude had Damian Lillard on his fucking podcast not too long ago. I know. I know he, he sure did. Yeah. Um, all right, Lance. I got I gotta do it. So Top top five. You said th- we're at three, right? See, <laughs> you'll see where it goes. I don't want to. Hey. I, I don't want any spoilers. I just got to yeah. know. So I'm just looking at the discography, and we know <laughs> Mood Music One is is a best of, but Mood Music One's cool. Mood Music Two is my favorite Button project. Mood Music Three is great. Mood Music Four is a is it's good. It's good. Um. And then Had a Room is an album, by the way. Had a Room, had a room is the album. I, I I just I look at the the actual discography though, man, and I gotta say, like, I love mixtape Joe better than album Joe, because even Halfway House, Padded Room, Escape Row, especially when we went No Love Lost, I felt like that was a real commercial attempt from Joe. Oh, Not the real, that was that a dark time. Yeah, I mean that was when he was on pills, right? He was taking so. The point is, though, uh, I think he was with E1 at that point. Yeah. He had to put out an album. 
and that's what happened. Oh, he had man. to put out that album. That was a very commercial he, record. Yeah, and you could tell he had to put out that album because there's probably like two tracks I even mess with on that album, yeah. right? Yeah, and then the funny thing is, after he does No Love Lost, and he came back with All Love Lost, and that's a that 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 has some that has some songs on it. But but the funny thing is, in the middle of that, he throws out this EP that I loved, which was Some Love Lost. And that that seven track EP with ordinary love shit four on it is yeah, dope. Yeah. And that ki- that just came out six years ago, which is crazy. Yeah. But but then we get then you got all love lost, which you said you like some of the stuff, and then rage in the machine. And then that's hey, a rap music produced. I really wish they would have given us more tracks on that album though. But yeah, I mean, and Joe Budden has been. Re- has not made music in like four years. He's like the actual rapper that's retired. He, he most rappers, is. most rappers retire and they just say for attention. And then like six months later, they're now the, they're in album mode again. You must, I thought I loved button man, but you must really love Joe to give him all no. the passes on these. You don't know how many times <laughs> I've gone at it with Wu-Tang clan, uh, Wu-Tang clan fans. Oh, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't, imagine. I can't, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I may sound crazy. I, I, Besides Method and uh, Ray, I'm just not big into Wu Tang. No, Obviously, I respect uh, I respect the production and, and you know their yeah. origin and everything, but I'm just not a big fan of of that whole movement. And they yeah. might come and kidnap me and beat me up because you know they're they don't Aren't you right they now? don't fuck around. Protect yeah. your neck, as they say. It's, it's yeah, Meth, Ghost and Ray for me uh, for the most part. Like I don't really mess with anybody else, even like Jizza yeah. like that. And I know Jizza is hailed as one of the greatest of all time in some people's eyes, but it's Meth Ghost of Ray, and that's kind of where it stopped. Yeah, yeah. Shadow Boxing is still one of my favorite tracks of all time. Oh, from yes, from Method. So mm-hmm. yeah, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, Button is there, man. And and like I said, I I'm I'm all for it. Tell me I'm wrong, but it's like I'm not telling you wrong at all, sir. But 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 you'll tell me I'm wrong later when you notice things about my 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 final two. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, who's your number two? And in, in your one or two, I think we'll be okay. No, no okay, never. well, they'll be fine. Okay, my number two is Nasty Nas. All right, so is mine. Okay, nice. We're we're in agreement again. Yeah. Uh, so Nas, I wasn't exposed to Nas until, uh, again, we got Satellite ninety five. So I started seeing like I saw some of the firm videos that came out and then like movies yeah, yes and then uh like uh if i ruled the world was out and things like that had no idea of what omatic was because i had no exposure my first Nas experience as a whole record was i am in 1999 and i still love that record for no reason because that record is not a good album all the way through i've tried in recent years to just that's a nostradamus one right no it's the one that came out before nostradamus it, oh. Yeah, it, it's the one that has Nas's like on it. Oh well, that's that's a, yeah, yeah. It came out in early '99, and Nostradamus came out in like November of '99. Uh, oh yeah, two albums in one year. He did. He did. He did it the what? year after DMX. He dropped I Am in uh, oh, that early '99, and then um, turn back around. Unless I Am was '98, I Am might have been '98. I, I know Nas. He he'll mess around and drop one album in five years. Yeah, yeah. He had the he record. Um. Yeah, he takes his time now. Let's see. No, I am was April 6th. 
I'm looking at Wikipedia now, and then Nostradamus came out in November, November 23rd, 1999. Yes, sir. That's crazy. Yeah, he, I would never think he dropped two in one year. He did it. He did the thing. Um, but Nas, man, is, uh, even with me, I am being my first experience. But here Nas is like, just that record alone showed me what I was missing when he was younger. Cause that's just such a great record. Freedom or jail clips is say asserted a baby's being born at the same time. A man is murdered at the beginning. And then far as rap go, it's only natural. I explain my plateau. And also what defines my name. First it was nasty, but times have changed. Ask me now I'm the artist, but hard call my signs of pain. And that's off the top. <laughs> so yeah, just that record alone. And then New York state of mind part two is on there. And this isn't my favorite album. So that was my first exposure to Nas. I was about to say, cause this is your favorite album. I was like, man, no, you are really champion. Like, my guilty pleasure Nas album because it was okay. my first one. Um, but obviously the lyricism has always been there. Um, even when he's Esco or nasty, um, whatever Nas he feels like being that day in his youth, uh, he carried himself so well. And he, he, he was a, he had the, he was like, he had the messages that Pac had, except they were more, they were more intricate. Um, and, and of course he has the whole poetry thing going as well. He has another record I got to mention on the end of I Am, Undying Love. It's about him going, coming back from Vegas, gets home, finds his uh, fiance cheating on him, or soon-to-be fiance. He had a ring he was going to give her that day, cheating on him. Goes and goes, gets his boy. They come back. They go in the house. He, uh, they, he ends up shooting the dude and killing her. The cops are outside. Uh, his boy leaves and gets shot down. He knows he has nowhere to run. He walks outside and gets and gets murdered by the police. This is all in one record, Undying Love. I gotta check Nas. that out. Yeah, it's called Undying Love by Nas, man. It's this whole story, and at the end, he gets murdered by the police. And then the very last thing you hear on the album is a cop walking up to him and saying, "Stupid fucking mm -mm. yeah, yeah." That age well, yeah, and, and it's it's crazy. It's a great record though, um, but. But Nas is just is the rapper that I wish I could be, you know, and he's probably the rapper a lot of rappers wish I could be just because of how good he was at such a young age. And but with better beat selection, with better beat selection, because he he I, that's not for me, but that's what a lot of people say. I don't really mind his beats as much. He has some misses. Like I feel like the whole Nasir album was a whole miss. Like I feel like it was I, mixed bad. I feel like the beats weren't that good, and I feel he like he came at Kanye at the wrong time. If it was five years prior, I think it would have been great. Well, yeah, and I don't even know how much he was involved in the whole process of recording that mm -hmm. because I guess he had some stuff with Kanye, and then Kanye decided he wanted to do those four albums, five albums, seven album, seven track songs, yeah. and seven song albums. There we go, and then uh, he just kind of got lumped in. But I just thought the mix was just so terrible; I couldn't even enjoy any of the songs on the record and his new one i've been listening to is actually a much better uh king is, is yes we did a hit boy job. out of all the producers to help create a i could i want to say i want to say it's a great nas album yeah I, i'm still listening to it even in 2020 i'm still listening to a new nas album yeah yeah i mean it, it it's a welcome addition to 2020 it's it's very good yeah. um and then in the heart of uh, the early 2000s, man, after you get over the uh, the two albums in 99 
and then Nostradamus and that awful single, which kind of holds up in a way. It's weird, nasty, nice, esco to esco. I mean, it's fine. Uh, you owe me is terrible, though. The genuine record, forget about that record. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never been a fan of that. Is that the one you owe, you owe me for ice or yeah. something? Okay, that's where that comes ice. from. Like, no. Nah. Yeah, that's where that comes from. And, okay. And then he's the victor of the Jay Z Nas battle uh, because simply he dropped Ether. Ether was not as um, personally connected to Jay Z as uh, Takeover was to Nas, where Jay was talking about Nas's publishing and all these things. Right. Then Nas is like, "You got a fat nose and you ugly," and he just says it. Yeah. Cool for like, but it's not, it just sounded so much more venomous and did. just like more direct, even though it was playground. Like usually, I don't like records like that, Doesn't but it just. Fit. It and it was different from what I expected from Nas. So yeah. am I am I hearing this correct? Are you saying that Stillmatic is your favorite album? Uh that's exactly where we're going because uh Oh, okay. Me too. Yeah, because after he he dropped uh Ether, Jay got mad and did super ugly. And then his mom even, made him apologize. His mom made him apologize. And even with some of Nas's later stuff, like uh I do like um uh, the, what was the record he had out before he put out Nazir? Hold on, I gotta look at it. I just had it in front. Life is good. Life is good. I do like That's life is good. Great, pro- great production, and yeah. honestly, uh, telling pretty much telling the story of him and Kalisa's breakup and all that. Yeah, and, man, it, it just had yeah. some real solid hip hop on there. Untitled, yeah. I feel like was a was an album that went over a lot of people's heads because it's, it that. works well right now. Yeah, in the times that we're in, it's it an amazing well. record. Very deep. Uh, hip hop is dead. I I really did like that album in in that time frame. It's not something I revisit a lot now, but I feel like in two thousand five, two thousand six yeah. when it dropped, it was good. Street yeah. Disciple. You mentioned this on my pod. How much you enjoyed this one, uh, this album. I wasn't as big of a fan, but again, it goes back to having so too much music. I feel like I feel like he didn't have to drop uh, to yeah. a two disc. But oh, no. I always remember this song for. Um, these are our heroes when he called Kobe a coon. I always thought that was hilarious. Um, and that was in 2004. Yeah, he totally called Kobe yeah. a, coon, a coon, man. I, but it also had Streets theme. Streets theme. Yeah. And, oh, man. Streets theme. Or, yeah. or Thief's theme. Thief's theme. That's yeah, There we go. Yeah, Thank you. That, Thank that's you. a great record. Yes. Um, I almost went with Godson, to be honest, though, man, because I do really love Godson. I, again, just like with stillmatic being the the rise to the top of the roller coaster i always felt like godson was the more sobering reality of i'm still going to throw a couple darts at you jay over here but last real yes alive yes. he 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 made, really told the story of why he did ether and all that i mean made you look get yeah. down uh I the song he made for his mother yes yeah uh was that heaven or dance Dance, uh, yeah, dance. Beautiful, so beautiful, man. The only beautiful record on this record is is Warrior Song, man. Like everything else, the he has a dope version of Thug's Mansion on here. Yes, he has a good version of Thug's. It's Mansion. acoustic. It's an acoustic. Yeah. Oh, I love that Thug's song. Mansion Book of Rhymes, where he's literally just looking at his, his rhyme yeah. book, and it, and uh, it's it's such a great album, man. But but still, Matic, man. There's you can't yeah. take away that anger and. I'm going to shout out Lost Tapes because I feel like that was really good, but most of that was old material. Still, right. Matic, though, to have someone 
come at you at SummerSlam, at Summer Jam in uh, 2001, and and then diss you in front of everybody. And he and Jay hadn't even written the last verse where he actually goes at Naj yet. That's all they had recorded right. at that point after he put Prodigy. I think he was talking about Prodigy first, he, right? Prodigy verse. Yeah. He's like, ask Nas. He don't want it with Hove. No. no. Explodes. And so J- Nas got on the radio, did his little um, his little H to the M.O. Uh, freestyle over the paid in full beat, I believe. And that was cool. Yeah. And then Jay went and did the rest of TakeOver. And it's like, how do you respond to TakeOver? Because TakeOver was just such a, we had never seen Jay really go at anybody. Jay subliminal people all day long. Right. Like for years. Yeah, still does. <laughs> he still does. <laughs> but he finally dissed both Prodigy and Nas, man. And then for... I mean, we heard "Got Yourself a Gun," and it was like, "Oh man, that's dope." But then when you first hear hear Ether, man, it's like, "Fuck Jay Z," and it's like, "Something," you know. And yeah. the beat, that beat, I don't that the Ether beat's terrible. It's it's not a good beat. Nobody raps really. Ether. I never liked okay. Ether like that. But Nas made hmm. Ether what it was with what he was saying. But I mean, if you just listen to the beat by itself, it's just a bunch of random noises. It's it's. <laughs> Wow. Okay. It is. I, I guess Nas. I guess Nas just wrapped on it so nice that I always thought it was just a good beat. It, it, I really don't even know who produced it. Ron Browse. Oh, Ron Browse. That's right. Champagne. All fame. the people. That's right. Yes. That's his claim to fame. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of all the people to produce that record. Yeah, man. But uh, it, it's definitely still manic. I could go on and on about this record. I've already said a lot about Nas, but. My favorite song okay. over here is One Mike, without a doubt. So you, oh, okay, because that's literally my favorite song. I thought you were going with Ether. I was like, I'm about to go the total opposite of you. My number one won't let me go with Ether. <laughs> so, and to talk about One Mike, I'm not going to lie. When I was of eight, when I was that eight, I did not like the song. Oh, okay. I liked it when I got older. I thought the song was too much going on, but then I, as I got older, I was like, no, but that's the whole point. It's kind of like putting you, emerging you in the streets. Yeah. There's all these noises, the bottles breaking, the sirens going off. Cause at first when I was young, I was like, I don't like, it's just too much. I don't get it. It's it's annoying. That's what I thought as a kid. And then I got older. I was like, no, he's putting you in the streets. Yeah. At least that's what I take from it now. Like that's, that's the whole point of all these sound, the sound effects and stuff. And just, the stuff that he says, man, it's just nothing is fair. Blank rolling up, shooting in wheelchairs. That's ugly. That's a nasty thing to think about, but yeah. it's true. It's, it's fucked up. This this life is full of ugly things and people are in unfair predicaments and they got to do what they got to do to get out alive. But my favorite line from here, and I think this is a shot at Carmen. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Carmen, uh, the baby mother, baby mother. baby mother, Jay-Z. Yeah did whatever he did with her. I don't want to talk too much about it. Too late. She wrote, <laughs> just said it. <laughs> yeah. She wrote a tell all book about how she, yeah, I'm not going to say it, yeah, but, sure um, but he goes, bitches left me because they thought I was finished. I should have known she wasn't true. She came to me when a man caught a sentence and he goes on, he's like, diamonds are blinding. I never make the same mistakes. Moving with a change of pace, a lot of low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just he rides that beat so perfect, and it's just oh, it's all I need is one mic, one mic, and you know the the theme is all I need is one pen, one prayer, one you know, yeah, yeah. The and the way that he goes from 
real quiet to full on energetic on here, and you never hear mm. Nas at this level. No, and the lyrics, especially as a writer at that time, as a rapper, like it literally was every like just the first bar. All I need is one mic, one beat, one stage. That's it. That's it. When you're a rapper and you hear that, and it's it's like, yo, that's really all I freaking want. Like, I just want one mic, one stage, one beat. Let's go, you know? And that that's what it is. And that's and even sitting here, if I was not recording with you, if I was going to rap, I just need one mic, one beat. And the stage at that point would be my uh, digital recording software. But still... You know, that's all it is, man. It's, it's uh, two turntables and a mic, man. And yeah. that just spoke to me so much. Even it speaks to me now. And it definitely did um, when that came out in 2001. This album is so inspiring because it is the resurrection of Nas. Yeah, because everybody thought he was done, man. And this without is before the this album, Without this album, there, Nas would not be a thing anymore. It, it's quite People wouldn't care anymore. Because after he did the two albums in 99, they both sold, but neither of them did anything to further his legacy. None of them. I mean, he always, and that's the thing about Nas, you always, that people forget. Everybody's like, Illmatic's so great. And it's like, you got to think though, how would you like to have an Illmatic hanging over your head for the rest of your career when right. you're making it like 20 years old? That shit's yeah, You know, yeah. like you're never be as your first album. And- Less than, he was like 18 or yeah. 17. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is some prodigy type shit. It, it, you know, you are, I mean, you do that that early? That's like some Steve's Jobs shit, man. You're doing gate. You make an incredible classic that's considered not just a hip hop classic, but some may even put in the conversation one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, and you have to somehow at least be on par or better yourself. And that I don't think you can. A lot of people hold that album in high regard, and I think it's great. But I think Stillmatic in my eyes is yeah. better. And that's the same thing for me. As much as I love, as much as Elmatic is great because I wasn't yeah. there and because I came to it later. And right. because this, the Nas that I met um, when I started listening to him wasn't the same Nas that yeah. recorded that album. That's the reason why I don't pick it. I mean, it'd be easy to say, like, oh, Elmatic's great. Like, uh, you know, uh, New York State of Mind and The Message yeah. and, all the, and all these great records. Right. Like, yeah, clearly we, we know what he's capable of. One love. But yeah, the fact that he came off of 99, took off a year, did the break. He, he did Uchi Wally, Lance. You know Uchi Wally. Hey, that song goes hard. It, I don't care. It does go hard, but I mean, yeah. compared. Yeah. No, like, no, I know. This is like people were listening to that, like, yo, just six years ago, this guy. Is it Uchi Wally? Is it one night? <laughs> yeah. Is it something, some, or is it Shoddy Oyu for Ice? Yeah. I mean, that is literally what people were saying. Yeah. I was like, come on, man, you're wiffle waffling. Yeah. But yeah. This was my introduction to Nas, actually. This is the first album I heard. I think Ether, I don't know if Ether was the first track I heard from Nas, but this is the first album that I listened to in its entirety of Nas. And I I don't know what it was, but it it made me fall in love with his music because obviously I know, I always knew who Jay-Z was. Yeah. Because that's how big he was. But he was like, a Nas was an underdog story. And I I appreciated it so much that he was able to triumph over Jay. And, And, you know, Nas, his mother was, dying during during this album i believe i mean she was not doing well and jay-z was as he's as nas says sneak attack trying to attack my character you know he was he was coming at nas pretty hard and nas is over here worrying about his dying mother yeah yeah and also making a classic album that literally is resurrecting his career saving it it's this album 
is what Pulp Fiction is a John Travolta. <laughs> That's a great comparison. That's what it is. Without this album, there would be no other Nas albums, and Jay Z would have been deemed a victor. Yeah, like landslide. Yeah, yeah, 100%. and yeah, and but but no, we 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 got more albums. We got well, I mean, 2020, we got a great Nas album with arguably the best beat selection that he's done in ages. Ten, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's relevant and he's over here rapping with guys like Lil Dirk and stuff. Right. Otherwise I wouldn't even listen to, but it's list like it's easy to listen to when Nas is on the track. But exactly. Yeah, that that that's that's my number two. And I mean, I used to have him number one, but nah. Again, somebody uh, who was number one for me was Nas. It's gone between Biggie and Nas. And and when I again I, I went through this whole list three years ago and it took me day like I thought I'd be able to write this list in a day. It took me like weeks, Lance, just to do twenty of them. My top five might change. I mean, at one point I might have to put Freddie in there. I don't know. Freddie be dropping heat, but it's just his kind of rap is hard for me to put in my top five. Yeah, because my top five rappers have to have content that is socially aware or intros- uh, introspective. Got to be able to talk about everything. Yeah, yeah, and I. As much as I love like Benny the Butcher and all these guys, I just can't put those type of rappers in my top five. But with that said, who is your numero uno? Who you got? I get to go first. It is your pod, after all. Yeah, I guess. Go ahead. I mean, I'm sure it's the same person. <laughs> uh, mine is uh, Sean Corey Carter. Okay. Is it the same person? Are we good? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was so like, yeah, no biggie in my top like, five. I thought you're gonna be like Red Man is my number one. I'm like, nah. oh, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, what's what's what more can I say about Jay-Z, man? What more can I say? Uh I did not like again, I didn't like Jay-Z when I first came into rap. Um, I because I came in when he was like volume one, Jay-Z, like Sunshine Video and all that and shiny suits trying to be bad boy. And I was like, eh, what, what is this? And then hard knock life came out. And I was like, I was like, I like hard knock life. That's cool. But I don't really love, can I get a, so Jay-Z's cool. Plus I was really getting into Nas. Cause the same time that Jay-Z was blown up over here doing volume two, Nas is getting ready to drop uh, the albums that I came in with. Like I am and, well, I am, of course, and that's what I was listening to. So I'm over here listening to Nas while Jay-Z is slowly building, getting, building up this run and, like, filling that void that Biggie left. And it really wasn't until I got Volume 3. Uh, it was an edited Walmart version that I got for my birthday. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even like Jay-Z like this. I'm going to listen to it anyway. And Lance, I ran that disc into the ground, as awful as that album can be. Um, I do love, again, just like I am, it has a soft spot in my heart. Uh, and then volume three kind of convinced me the dynasty sold me on Jay. And then the moment I heard uh, takeover is, was the moment that I was like, okay, there's nobody else. It's Jay Z everything for the rest of my life. And that, that was like track two of uh blueprint in 2001. I was like, yo, he went after everybody. The blueprint, amazing record top to bottom. Um, Followed that up with his own double disc failure, uh, Blueprint Two, which I thought had several tracks that I I do like, but it's too including much. Blueprint Two. Oh uh, yeah, Blueprint. To me, that was better than Ether. Oh, uh, Blueprint Two was the perfect response to um, uh, not what did Nas 
Nas responded to or like picked it back up on the cross, wasn't it? On God's son, it was the last real, that last real, alive. Last real alive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he went back at him, and then he, uh, then they kind of finished everything off. Blueprint two on that on Blueprint, literally the title track of Blueprint two is an amazing record. He he does, uh, kind of properly follow up Ether with uh several sharp barbs, and then we got the Black album, and then he supposedly retired. And, you know, the Black Album was a big deal for me, too. And I could go on and on. Like, Jay has always carried himself as better than everybody else. That was probably one reason to turn me off at first. But especially in the early 2000s, his run from, like, 2001 up until Black Album, like, anything he touched, it was murder. Like, whether he was on Cam's album, whether he's on Bleak's album, whether he went and did a record with Juvenile, which is that was a couple years earlier. Whether, ha, the Ha remix. The ha remix. Yeah. Uh, the Beware the Boys remix. That was crazy. He did the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack and murder. He jumped that. on Pump It Up. He remixed Pump It Up, pissed off Button and made Button go back and add a verse to Pump It Up because his version of Pump It Up, he thought his version, Jay's version of Pump It Up was dissing him because that's what joey how joey works how mouse compared him to sean bradley i mean come on bro i'm gonna write another verse too you compare me to sean bradley man come on yeah man and then he had and then jay had the the audacity when he uh um he did the soundtrack for 2k13 he made sure he put his version to pump it up on 2k13 so every time i would play 2k13 give me that beat fool it's a full-time jack full-time move. jack move yeah Don't worry, skate, no, i'll get back to you just have a little fun. Something. Ain't nobody dumping on hove. You don't know sanitation. Hey. What are you crazy, Jay-Z? I'm a barium. Like, come on, man. And that was on a free mixtape for the S-Dots. He made a, mi- a mixtape for his shoes before that shit was cool. <laughs> Lance. <laughs> like, Jay. Jay I, I can talk Jay for another two hours, man. I love Jay. He's my favorite. Uh, when he- we'll, we'll have a breakdown of we'll have a breakdown of uh, of an album. I, my plan is we'll we'll have breakdowns of pretty much at least one album of each of our top yeah. five. Yeah, in I've, the I've, future. Done, I've done volume three. Um, I did that last year with my, with my friend Lamb. Uh, we did that, but uh, I'm more than open to anything. I'll even break down Kingdom Come with you, man. And Kingdom Come that's a that's an underrated uh, <laughs> album. So who you got? You got Blueprint. Uh, it seems like you're saying Blueprint. You said you said Kingdom Come was underrated and not trash. You, you like Kingdom Come and. Yeah, it's a very mature album. It's his first mature album. It is his first mature album. He talks about, uh, I believe he talks about his uh, nieces and nephews dying in that song. He, he or, his, or his uh, brother or something that uh, died in a car it was, it was his niece and his it was yeah. niece. He says some real stuff. He's Same talking week, about. He, he said, um, he said, I'll just tata on the forehead and tell you bye-bye or something like that harvey said on blue on black album and he's talking about he doesn't want his daughters he doesn't want to have daughters because he's afraid that his demons are going to come back and haunt them and stuff like that he that, says some people yeah. are so shallow when they don't like that record yeah i don't like to show me what you got the, nye, 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 nye. i don't like that <laughs> but the prelude uh the the record the beach chair i mean he has some great has, songs on that he has about three or four records on there lance but we're going to pick this up because i need to get to my favorite record we're going to, have to get, come back and talk about kingdom come and the and debate this obviously yeah, we will. there's disparage here invite me on uh, um absolutely um but my favorite album ironically enough where i did not put Nas's first album as my favorite of his nothing beats reasonable doubt for me 
1996. That that's okay. Start- I was wondering when you were gonna say it because that's me too. I heard I didn't hear it when it came out, but I got a copy right before I got. Maybe it was after Blueprint, and I got a copy of it. No, it was, I was still in high school when I got a copy, so it was before Dynasty came out, and I got a copy of it, and I was like, "This is not the same dude who's talking about big pimp and spending cheese." Like, there's no way in hell he was spitting gems. To me, that sounds like black organized, like a black organized crime group. Like this is a black version of like Italian mafia to me. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's gangster, mm-hmm. but then there's the organized crime. Like you are like in some really deep shit. And yeah. that's what it reminds me of, man. Like, it's, it's grown man gangster rap. It's not just I'm robbing you. No, it's just like, no, it's Godfather deeper than that. Yes. Good fellas. It's, yes. it's organized all the way through. Yes. And that's what the, in the whole vibe of the album cover, him smoking a cigar with the nice hat and the nice suit, oh, black and white. Come that is on. Come Gotti. on. That is, that is the black version of, of Gotti right there. Yes. Sopranos and shit. That is what it reminds me of. So what is your favorite track? Oh, uh, it's probably, you're probably going to have the same one. Can I live? Damn it. I was hoping you'd go dead presence, but no, it's can I live, man? Yeah. It's oh, I there's live. a lot of them. Even the, to me, the, one of the coming of age, the one with Memphis bleak where he's yeah. kind of telling the story of how Memphis bleak is like the little youngin on the block. Mm-hmm. And, Memphis Bleak is learning from Jay, and Memphis Bleak doesn't want to take handouts. He wants the long-term yeah. women and all that, you know, type stuff. Yeah, and it's like a back and forth they're doing. No, but it's it's cannot live, man. Yeah, I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. That's how we on it. Live at the men event. I bet a trip to Maui on it. Residential like, suite, residential pin of the weekend. Confidentially speaking in code since I sent you peeking. The NXS rental. Don't be fooled. My game is mental. We both out of town, dog. What you trying to, what get, you trying to get into? Uh, no, and then that also that beat is the Dead President song, man. And that shit, Dead Presence is a classic movie and it's very dark. Yeah. And yeah, it just puts you in a whole mood. Um, that mo- That album is a movie to me. It is. It is. Uh, I caught Jay at the Blueprint 3 tour. It was 11 years ago now. Um, it might have been 10 years. But I caught him in Pittsburgh. And uh, this is, of course, this is after the Black album. And I'd watch Fade to Black like all the times. And so I was super excited. It was my second time seeing Jay. I saw him on the Best of Both Worlds tour. <laughs> and it was interesting to say the least. Uh, it was not New York where everything went bad. But uh, you could definitely tell something was off all night. Uh, yeah, Jay Z's real. He couldn't get along with our Kelly guys just yeah. to let the record show. He couldn't get along with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Jay did the whole show, and uh, Trey Songs opened. Then Jay came out, and Jeezy was supposed to be there too. So I was like, "What the hell happened to Jeezy?" And Trey Songs open. Trey Songs open for Jay Word. and Jeezy. That is awesome. Yeah, I did not know that happened that ever. Three two. That is tour. Yeah, man. Oh, Blueprint three. Okay, Blueprint that makes more sense. Yeah. I was over here thinking of best of both worlds. I was like, damn, Trey Songs was really singing. He was a couple years away. He's probably about okay. away before Trey Songs actually. Okay, gotcha. So this is too like 2009. I'm sorry. Uh, but Jeezy didn't show up and like like after Trey, because I thought it'd be Trey, Jeezy, and then Jay-Z. But mm-hmm. what they did is Jay came out, performed, and was performing the new songs. They got to as real as it gets. Here comes Jeezy out. And then Jeezy did like a uh, he did a good half an hour after that, and Jay left the stage. Then Jay comes back, Lance, and then you know where he does. Like now, everybody kind of knows. He'll be like, "Like, let's go back and do some of the classics." Y'all know this song. Y'all know this song. And he, he's like, "How about Reasonable Doubt?" 
And I was like, there's no way he's not going to do it. He's going to do eight. And I was like, hey, wow. He ain't going to do it. And he's like, and I, I was next to a bunch of, bunch of girls and my best friend Lance. And I was, as I'm watching every, watching me closely, my shit is butter for the bread. They want to toast me. Toast me. Both of them were they supposed to be. I was, I was on, look, you're so excited. You're knocking your mic over. It was, it was the purest moment I've ever experienced hip hop. If, if cocaine or, or uh, crack or any, or heroin is like that moment, then I can see why people get addicted to it because it was amazing to see my favorite rapper in the world before my favorite song in his entire catalog for me live. It was it was it was heaven, man. Yeah, it's all in all. Jay Z is the goat. Say what you want. You can say, hey, I like these albums, but no, Jay Z to me is the undisputed greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, very influential. He's done things on and off music that puts him in that status, you know, cause to me, the goat is more than just music. It's how you, like you said, how you carry yourself, yeah. what you've done. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jay-Z made a lot of careers. We wouldn't have, I mean, you could say Memphis Blue, but we wouldn't have <laughs> Beanie Siegel or Freeway. Right. Right. Without, you without, wouldn't have med to, you wouldn't have cam or dip set because honestly, um, I mean, I know ah, I don't want to do that because I, I, know, I know Dame was more so Dame, pulling for them. Dame was more pulling for them, but yeah. I mean, without Jay being there, then why would Dame be there? Or there might not be Kanye at least. Kanye at this stage, yeah. Okay, yeah. There might have just been a super producer, and that's it. Jay Z exactly. gave him the green light. You don't get just Blaze records like he yeah. got, and there's just so many things that he touched, man. Or Rick Ross or Rihanna, he Rick put Ross, them on Rihanna. So I'm telling you, from an exec level, I mean, yeah, he's man. done it all. I mean, Jazzo could have had some uh, stacks, but he didn't sign the contract, as he said. I think so hey, up though. I think him and J- Jazzo finally kind of sealed things up a few years. Yeah, ago. I'm just going by the blueprint. Oh, I know that he did. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> but yeah, th- those are our picks. Those are our picks. And uh, Kellen, I just want you to, I think you could do a better job explaining your network than yeah. I can. Uh, yeah, Kellen, I, tell I, people where they can find you. I can do and that. And your big old conglomerate. <laughs> tell, tell us about that. All right, man. So uh, uh, what it is, is I have my own podcast called Hyphen Nation. Lance was on, uh, he was actually on the two episodes ago. And we talked about the Eminem show. Uh, so what hyphenation is, is it's potpourri podcast. I talk about all kinds of things, pop culture, music, uh, current events, uh, comic books, back to the future. You know, anything if, that catches my eye and I feel like I can have an opinion on it, I'm going to talk about it on there. And I do that show with my co-host Marcus uh, Robinson uh, quite often. So that's my main podcast. And then that's part of hyphen podcast group, which is a podcast network that I started three years ago. Um, just on a whim, cause I had, I had my podcast. I was like, Hey, let me help you guys with y'all's podcast. And now it's blossomed to this thing where we have seven podcasts and, uh, almost have a, a show coming out every day, each week, um, uh, every day of the week. So we got, uh, let's see, there's, there's me hyphenation. Then there's, we should do this again sometime. It's a movie podcast. Uh, it's it's like a podcast or whatever, um, which is another potpourri show that, um, like mine, uh, done by some friends of mine in Boston. We have, uh, a podcast called catch the show um that's a music podcast and they're on the reverse of that there's a show called underground monster which is about underground music and some juggalo culture and stuff which is another show we have a podcast um 
It's called A Frightful Fright with Melisette, where um, Melisette, another Boston friend of mine, literally is reading Frankenstein right now. And it's just these short little doses, but it's super cool. And she's she has one of those voices that can really catch, keep your attention. You know, it's not like me trying to say Frankenstein opened the door. No, she's good at it. Um, and then we even have a podcast, Lance, hosted by Oroko Saki himself called The Shredhead Podcast. And the shredder mostly talks about how bad the Knicks are and then just current events that have happened uh, during the week. Uh, and that only comes out on Sundays. I'm not kidding. So it's a miserable New Yorker talking? Yeah, exactly. Is that what it is? And it, that it, sounds fun. It happens to be a Rokusaki, uh, former okay. art nemesis of the Ninja Turtles, who's now reformed and lives in an undisclosed location in New York City. So that's the real thing we have over there. That sounds fun. Yeah. I'll so, have to check that one out. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. I, I know I've seen yours um I'm thinking up yeah drop the day honestly because they know yeah y'all y'all you have a lot going on so i kind of gotta like take a deeper dive into <laughs> into that network there's look. a lot of pods yeah and that's only seven shows and we just added another one um and, and that show is done by this uh this group of girls they call themselves obvious nonsense a group of women and uh they talk about uh current events as well and topsies as it relates to them and it's really cool so it's all at hyphen podcastgroup.com uh you can find all of it there and that, that's mostly what I'd be doing is hyphenation and then hyphen podcast. Okay. So if Bill Simmons is a podfather, then I guess you're podfather too. <laughs> I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take that because Godfather 2 is a damn good movie. It might be better than the first one. I'm saying. I'm saying. But uh, Kellen, I just want to thank you for coming on, brother. It's, it's always great to hear from you. It's always great to talk with you. And look, I know you always say you're older than me, but hey, we both had Jay as our first. We both had Nas as our second. We weren't that you far know. off, man. And then we we flipped with Tupac in in uh, M &M. in uh, M and M. So besides the Joe Budden wild card pick for me, I mean, hey, we're almost best friends right there. Okay, man, that's okay because I I love Joe Budden, but I his, yeah, I love I, Big Yao. I know I I was like, someone's gonna be like, my goodness, what is wrong with this kid? He's probably like six or seven for you, honestly, though. So that's okay. He he's in my top ten. We'll just say that. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. But, but yeah, like Biggie's trash. Then I'll be like, oh well. Damn. This has been the inaugural episode of the hip hop version of Culture Surfing. Swaggy. We'll have more stuff coming soon. I got artists in the Rolodex. I'm just waiting for them to come to fruition and we'll have them on. And uh, then we'll have Kellen on soon. We'll have to break down an album or something. We got we got to have you on. Kellen's always fun to talk to. Thanks, man. I try. Uh, try to very nice man. <laughs> very nice old man. Thanks, man. Oh no, ne never, never the old. Ne no one's old, all right. If Jay Z's still rapping, no one's old. Well, fair enough. Farewell, y'all. Uh, please wear your mask. Yes. Be mindful of others and stay six feet away from everybody. Yeah, man. Have a nice day.